All right. Good morning, Gateway. Trust you guys are all well. As uh, Terry said, Pastor Paul is gone. Pastor Joel is gone. And the 17 other people they asked to preach today that couldn't are gone. So you have me. Yeah, yeah, sure, 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 sure. Listen, they told me before I spoke, I can't do two things. I can't preach heresy, and I can't talk about my Cleveland Cavaliers. So I said, hey, how about just one? How about just give me one? And they said, no, I can't talk about either, so I'm going to try not to do either of those today. I do have a question for you. What's your worth? What's your worth? That's what we're going to talk about today. When you hear the word worth, a lot of things probably come to mind, especially in a room this size. But we put worth on everything, don't we? How much is that car worth? Is that job worth my time? The soldiers have proven their worth on the battlefield. We assign worth to pretty much everything. I want to share a story with you. And if you are weak-stomached, you can leave for a couple minutes. This story is so gross, I can't believe I'm sharing it, but I have to, to make a point. So if you're weak, go ahead and leave for a couple minutes and come back. Don't say I didn't warn you. My daughter had a loose tooth. And at our house, we take loose teeth that come out, we stick them under the pillow, and in the morning there's usually something for the kids. Well, my daughter lost her tooth while she was asleep. And when she got up, it was not there. It wasn't in the bed, it wasn't on the floor. Yeah, she swallowed that tooth. And she looked at me all sad because she knows what that means. No tooth under the pillow, no gift. And I wasn't going to get that tooth. It just wasn't worth it to me to do that. But my mom, who just so happened to be out visiting that day, saw it differently. Now, I'm not going to go into the details. I'm going to tell you it involves some gloves. But in the end... She got that tooth. Yeah, that's a clap for grandmas all over this place. Yeah, grandmas. Not me. Not me. I wasn't going to do that. But the beauty of it is that my mother, through all the mess, saw something that had worth. In all that nasty, she saw something that had worth. I think for some of us in here, myself included, we struggle with some things in the past. Maybe it's a special sin that just keeps reoccurring. Maybe it's something you've done before that just is, is always just floating back here, reminding you, remember this, remember that. And we start to find our worth in that sin. 
We start to get our value from things we've done in the past, and we forget about the tooth. So we'll get more into that. If you could, if you have your Bibles, let's go to John. John 4. I've got 23 verses to read through, so I'm going to do it very quickly. But I know we can do it. We can do it. John 4, 7 through 30. Most of you know this story. All right, let's do it. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? A woman of Samaria. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him the spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying that I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one that you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. When he comes he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away in town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town coming to him. Today I want to talk to you about finding your worth in him. Finding your worth in him. Jesus, empty me of myself right now. Lord, fill me with your spirit. Let this message be yours. I pray whatever it is, whether it's for just me today or 10 people or 50 people, Lord, that you would touch them. You know who needs to hear. I just ask that you bless this message, Lord, in your name. Amen. Okay, I think that when it comes to worth, there's basically four things. There are four things we look at to decide what an item is worth. In my whole history, I've been in sales for 25 years. 
I think a lot of things come down to these four things. Sure, there are more, but we don't have time. So, let's put up the four things. First thing, how many of a specific item are there? Right? We can judge worth by that. What is the object's condition? Three, who or what has owned it in the past? And lastly, how much is someone willing to pay for it? Who in here has ever bought a print of a painting? Raise your hand. I'm going to ask you guys to raise your hands all day today. Keep you awake, right? So some of you, how many have bought an actual original painting? All right. Big difference in cost, right? Huge difference. In 1962, the Mona Lisa was valued at $100 million. $100 million. Experts say that with inflation, today it would be worth $782 million. Why? Talk to me. It's one of a kind. That's it. That's why it's worth so much. If it was a print, it wouldn't be worth nearly that much. It's an original masterpiece. It's an original masterpiece. I know we struggle with things in here. I know we struggle with our past. I know we struggle with sins, maybe even today. Maybe this morning you got up and it was just bothering you. Made you feel unworthy. Worthless, maybe. Men, I know a lot of us in here, we find our worth in our jobs, do we not? We find our worth in our work. That's why when we meet somebody for the first time and we shake their hand and say, hey, nice to meet you, one of the first questions we ask as men is, what do you do for a living? Why? Because that's where we find our worth a lot of times. What happens when that job goes away? What happens when you get laid off, fired? Someone come in and does a better job than you. How does that make you feel? Sometimes we find our worth in comparing ourselves to friends, neighbors, right? This guy's such a better woodworker than I am. Can't even swing a hammer. We compare our things to all kinds of things, and we find our worth there. Some of us. Maybe nobody in here, but I do. Women in here, a lot of times I know for you, you find your worth in your children. How great a student they are. The best grades in the class. How great of an athlete they are. Maybe they're the best on the team. Maybe they're state champ. What happens when that goes away? What happens? Your worth goes right down with it. Women, I know some of you find worth in your appearance. And I need to tell you something. Stop, please, stop comparing yourself to those women on the magazine covers at the grocery store checkout line. Please. Those images are airbrushed, cropped, cut and pasted, digitally enhanced, surgically enhanced, and you're comparing yourself to a lie. And when you do that, you put negative worth on you that is not of God. 
Youth in here, you fall into one of those two categories, but I'm going to talk to you on Wednesday night. So I hope you come for that. We will get a little bit deeper there. Here's the point. How many of you did God make? How many of you did God make? One. One. For some of us, that's a good thing. Right? All the wives are like, yeah. And I see it. Tom, how many did God make of you? You have infinite worth because you are a masterpiece of the master artist. The woman at the well, there is no doubt in my mind, she left that day after her one-on-one time with Jesus absolutely knowing she was wonderfully, fearfully made and that she was a -a one-of-a-kind original. No doubt in my mind. She left that way after her one-on-one time with God. So that's one condition. How many of the specific items are there? How about the second one? What's the condition of the object? What's the condition of the object? Have any of you ever had someone try to sell you something that was just all messed up? And like tried to hide some duct tape on the bottom or the bolts were missing off the back, whatever it was. Anybody? Okay. Condition matters to us, right? Condition matters when it comes to putting worth on things to us. But this is where God and the world differ. God doesn't do things the way we do things, does he? Have you ever gone to buy something that has a tag hanging off of it or a sticker on the box that just says, as is? Anybody? Let's do the exercise. Come on. Yeah, as is. You know what that means when you buy something as is, right? You, you got to take the good with the bad. You got to live with that little duct tape under there. As is means you take that item, buy that item, as is. God never, ever, ever shops for new and shiny and polished. God hangs out at the stores that sell things as is. That's where he likes to shop. As is. The woman at the well was the dictionary definition of as is, was she not? She was a wreck. Kids today, you guys call it a hot mess, I think. (laughs) She was lost, felt unworthy, ashamed, as is. And Jesus talked to her. Not supposed to happen, right? Jews and Samaritans, men and women especially. You don't think she left that conversation feeling like a masterpiece? Check this out. I've got a $50 bill, and it's crisp, man. 
Dave, you know that looks good, doesn't it? When I was a kid, I used to iron my money. I loved the smell of it. And I just like how it looked. It's just so much better, right? I may still do that. I don't know. But it's been a while since I've seen a 50. Who wants this? If you don't raise your hand, there's no chance you get it. Who wants it? All right, come up here. No, I'm just kidding. This is for illustration purposes, so I got to keep this one. How about if I do this? All right. Well, let's see what we got here. Look, that just changed it all, didn't it? Who wants this? David, why do you still want this? It's worth the same thing. It's worth the same thing as it was before I did that. You want it because to you, you see the worth hasn't changed. I just crumbled that thing up in a ball, stepped on it, and did other unmentionable things. And this 50 is still worth $50. Church, this is how God sees you. I don't care what condition you're in. I don't care if you... (laughs) Maybe you kind of look like this. Maybe today you feel maybe more like that. Some of you in here feel like this today. Your worth does not change because of things that have done this to you in your past. God sees you with the same worth he always has. That's good news, isn't it? You may feel worn down, unworthy because of all this stuff in your past. Jesus doesn't see that. Some of the best things in life are worn, aren't they? Who's got a good pair of worn jeans? Right? How about that sweatshirt in the fall you put on all the time? It's the best. Your grandmother's wooden salad bowls. All those things are worn. Your Bibles, hopefully. Jesus loves you like you love those things, but infinitely more. Infinitely more. He does not care what your condition is today as you sit here. He just wants you in a relationship with him and for you to know that you have the ultimate worth. Your worth has not changed in the slightest. So that's two. How about three? Sometimes we judge worth on what? Who or what has owned it in the past? Let's play a game here. Let's pretend I had hair. All right? I, when I did, I was cool, man. I had, I had really cool hair. I, I probably was the only one that thought that. but Let's pretend I had hair, and I cut off a lock of my hair and put it in a Ziploc bag, and 
Who wants, who wants that Ziploc bag? Let's see. You want it? Mitchell, if I gave you that Ziploc bag with my lock of hair in it, how much would you pay? <laughs> You're not paying anything for that. First of all, it's a lock of hair, and I'm Tom Tucky. It means nothing. You wouldn't pay anything for that. But in 2002, a lock of Elvis Presley's hair sold for $115,000. Wow! What are you going to do with that? I mean, I have no idea. A Honus Wagner baseball card, I think, now goes for a million three. A baseball card. It's printed on cardstock. There's a little bit of ink. It's probably worth five cents. $1.3 million. We put value on things because who has owned it in the past, who or what? Now, I'm going to honor the request of Pastor Paul and Pastor Joel. I'm not going to talk about the calves. But I'm going to talk about Johnny Manziel instead. <laughs> Anybody know Johnny Manziel? Okay. Played college football for Texas A&M. Great school, right? Was an amazing college quarterback. If you know and you watched him play... He would blow your mind the things this kid did. He was drafted by the Cleveland Browns, best team in football, right? <laughs> Look, even I can't keep a straight face on And I love him, but... Was drafted by the Cleveland Browns. His jersey was going anywhere from $125 to $250 off the rack. $250 for a jersey with his name on the back. He didn't make it in the NFL. He had problems with alcohol, had problems with drugs. There's some allegations of abuse. He's probably never going to play football again in his life. It's a sad story. But those jerseys that were going for $250 a pop, this was a picture that was taken just a couple weeks ago at a store in Pittsburgh, I believe. That's a real photo of the jerseys that were going for $250, now going for $1.99. Due to battles and struggles in his life, what was once worth a lot, now almost worth nothing. Sometimes our sins bring us to a point where we feel like we don't have the worth we once did. Anybody feel like that ever? Am I alone? Sometimes our sins do that to us, don't they? Some of you in this room, I believe, are owned by some of your past stuff. And it just has this hold on you. And even though you've asked forgiveness, and you know it's forgiven because the Bible is true, and it tells you when you ask, he does. But it's that constant enemy, isn't it? You're not worth what you used to be. No, no, not after that. Not after that. I had a story I'm going to share with you. I know you're all waiting to see what I was going to do with this whiteboard. Weren't you? Don't lie. You guys are so curious. I wrote down a bunch of things that I've said to myself over the course of my life. 
I hope everybody can see at least good enough. Some of those things get whispered to me. I don't want to say daily, but it just sure seems like it sometimes. I know some of you are owned by some of your past sins because I am, and I just figure I can't be the only one if we're being honest about it. Last time I checked, church is a place you can't do that, right? When I was 20, 21, I was living in Colorado, and a girl came to me with news that she was pregnant. And we were not together. But her, new, her parents were super strict, and very, very strict, and she had a very real fear of them. And she just knew that she couldn't go through with the birth. And I'm trying to be cautious here. She needed money. And in my 21-year-old mind, I'm thinking to myself, she's going to do this one way or another. And I'd rather it be safe than dangerous. And I guess I'd try to justify it that way. I don't know what other words to put on it. So I gathered money that she needed and drove her. You know what I'm talking about, people, right? I was young years in here, and I'm not, there's no need to go deeper than that, but suffice it to say, it is something that I struggle with all the time. I know I'm forgiven. Oh, man, but that sin just owns me sometimes. It feels like that. And then that voice starts coming, and these things start just right here. put value on what has owned us in the past. You know, that sin sometimes just owns me. And when I put my worth in that, that's a dangerous place to be, isn't it? I know some of you in here may feel that way. Maybe you're here today and you just feel like you're just not worth what you once were. Struggling with some of this stuff from your past. And Satan just breaking you down. I'm guessing there's some of you in here like that. The woman at the well was owned by her past sin too. That's why when Jesus said, hey, do me a favor, go get your husband and bring it back here. And she was like, I don't have a husband. Probably started picking grass or something. Trying to end the conversation as quickly as possible. Because she knows what's going on. Five husbands living with somebody that's not. I think she felt a little unworthy maybe a little owned by her past, dealing with her worth in that? Why do you think she was there at noon, in the desert, hottest part of the day, she's out there gathering water? Because she didn't think she was worthy to go get it with the ladies in the morning. They all know what she's been through, what she's done. She's there at the hottest part of the day when no one else is around. That's why she had her one-on-one time with Jesus. When she met Jesus, her one-on-one time with him made her realize she had worth. You know how I know that? I said, do you know how I know that? 
she ran back to the village, told everybody about Jesus. You know who that included? The women she didn't feel worthy to talk to or walk with early in the morning. She now had worth. She always had worth, but she found it that day for sure. If you're here today and you're feeling unworthy, if you feel like this today, it's okay. It's okay. But that feeling is not from God. It's not him shouting these things to you. God wants you as is today, no matter what condition you are in. You're worth everything that you always have been. Maybe you just need some one-on-one time with Jesus. (laughs) Maybe that's all you need. Woman at the well changed her life. How about some one-on-one time with Jesus in the Word? We can find our worth there. (laughs) No problems. All right, how about number four? Lastly, last point. Sometimes we gauge worth on how much someone is willing to pay for it, don't we? Basically boils down to that. Have you ever seen something at an auction go and it just kept going higher and higher and higher and you're like, who's paying that for this? I wouldn't give the pennies out of my loafers for that thing. This thing's going for hundreds and hundreds or thousands of thousands of dollars. Anybody ever question why someone would spend so much for something? I just told you the Honus Wagner baseball card, 1.3 million. Who pays that for a baseball card? Unless that thing given you life. We have this toad at our house. It has got every kid's picture in it from birth until probably five minutes ago. You were probably putting pictures in there. It's got every picture ever taken. My wife has always said, listen, if this house is burning to the ground, you go in there, you get our three kids out, and you go back in and get that tote. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, where are you at? <laughs> Sounds like an awful lot of work. I'm not kidding you. If it was me and that tote and I was hurt, that tote would be safe. That, I'd, she'd be like, find your way. Find your way. Lay low. Do you know how the smoke kills? <laughs> but it has a ton of worth to my wife. It's the most important thing in the house other than the kids for her. If I took that tote to your house and said, how much? And I know most of you in here would not give me a thing for that. (laughs) Even some of you that know the kids are like, ah, just, I'll see them sometime. Take my own pictures. But ultimately, worth is how much someone is willing to pay for it, is it not? She would mortgage the house for that tote. That's true. Someone else wouldn't pay five cents. We find worth in what we're willing to spend for it. 
So ultimately, worth depends on what someone is willing to pay. In 1 Corinthians 7.23, it says, you have been bought and paid for by Christ. You imagine him walking into the store. Let's just say you're just sitting on the shelf, right? Your little as-is tag hanging. Just messed up. Right, the weight of that sin or that nagging, nagging past just sitting on you like a 10,000-pound boulder. Your packaging's all jacked up from years of abuse. Dust just collecting on the top. And Jesus walks into that store and says to the clerk, hey, how much for, how much for, And no matter what the clerk says, no matter what price he comes back with, Jesus says, I'll pay. Full price. I'll pay. And he did with his life. You want to find your worth? You find it in that. You find it in that statement. He paid for you and he paid for me with his life, just like he did the woman at the well. You want to know what you're worth? That. Your creator gave his life for you in your as-is condition right now. How you're feeling right now. Luke 12, 6 and 7 says this. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Not one is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. If you have kids in here, raise your hand. Keep them up if you know how many hairs your kids have on their head. That alone, the detail with which he loves you, should tell you all you need to know about your worth. You read verses like that, you can start kind of shooting down the lies. You just come in here like this. Just start erasing the lies. You erase the lies until you get to the truth. You want to spend some one time with the Lord? You want to get to that place where you find your true worth? Sit down. Open up the book. Keep reading till you get to Ephesians 2.10. It says, I am God's masterpiece. Right? You need more help? Still feeling a little unworthy? Then get in there to Colossians 1.13.14. It says, I am redeemed. Is that good? Still not feeling it. I'm still not... I'm still, I'm still hearing the voices. Then you drown them out. 
You drown them out by going to 2 Thessalonians 2.13 say, I am beloved. Right? Can we start wiping some of this off then? That's still not enough for you. You can keep going to John 1.12. Let him remind you that you are a child of God. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. Who are you? Who are you? Tell me. You are complete in Christ. And if that's not enough, you can always hang out in Romans 8. You'll be there for a long time. Romans 8 is going to tell you that absolutely nothing, nothing, nothing can separate you from his love. Do you know that? Do you believe that? I do too. And it allows me to wipe away some of this garbage. You still need help? Go to Peter. Go to Peter 2.9. <laughs> and remind yourself that you were chosen. You know why you have infinite worth? Church, do you know why you have infinite worth? This is why I do. Just a little bit. I am his. I'm his. You're his. This is true for you. You're his. Say it again, church. You all remember the story of my mom and the tooth? He's like, how can I forget that, Tom? Not only was it 20 minutes ago, I'll never forget that ever again. She saw the real worth in something that was shrouded in a mess. I don't know what your status is today. I don't know what your condition is sitting here. You come to church and we ask how everybody's doing. I just don't know that I've ever gotten a not so good. Pretty good about hiding that stuff. So I don't know what your condition is, but I know mine. I know God sees me. He sees my worth, even though I'm shrouded in garbage. That should be good news for us today. If you're a mess right now, I want you to know that God sees through that. He does. He sees you for who you really are. He sees your heart. And he doesn't want you thinking about this garbage. He's screaming at you at the top of his lungs, telling you, you are my masterpiece. You are loved. You have worth. I sent my son to die for you. Think he'd do that if he didn't see any worth in you? He says he loves you as is. You have ultimate, ultimate worth because you are his. Earlier, I do believe you were all given some money. 
I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up again one last time. Let me see it. Yes. Now, the denominations don't matter. Some of you guys got robbed. I think there's some, some $1 in there, but like a million ones, those look pretty good. I want you to take that dollar and crush it up. Just crush it up. And you can open it back up. But here's what I want you to do with that. I want you to put it someplace where you're going to see it. Stick, you know, just tape it to the mirror in the bathroom or maybe by your alarm clock, maybe your desk at work. I don't know, wherever you do that kind of thing. I just want that to be a reminder that you're his. And that no matter what, don't care what you've done. I don't I don't care. God doesn't either. He wants you to know you have worth. So when you look at that, be reminded. God sees through all the mess. I don't want to call you guys a tooth, but you know, it's the story I used. Ultimately, it's about Jesus. And so here's the deal. When you get to that point where you believe and you trust that you have worth because you are his and you can get rid of all the stuff that's been spraying at you from the devil, when you can discard all of that, you're in such a better position to help someone else find their worth. And that's what this is about. Be in a good place to share the good news of Jesus with somebody who may not have worth who may feels like they don't have worth. Jesus, I know there's just people of all kinds of backgrounds in here. And some people probably feel pretty good today. Great relationship with you. Life is going well. They're not owned by things of their past. They know that they have worth. They trust you. They love you. And relationship is just really good. But I also know that there's others that probably are not in that position. Lord, that we would find our worth and our identity in you and not in this stuff of this world, not in the lies. We have worth because we are yours. You are the author and giver of life. You made us unique, one of a kind, Father, we wouldn't compare ourselves to anybody, Lord, but we would just only look to you. I just pray that these dollars will be viewed, that they will remind us that we have worth because of who you are, not because of who we are. And I just ask that, Lord, in your name. Amen.